In May 2018, a man named Mitch Feltshire took to Twitter to share the story of how his family said one last goodbye to his beloved grandmother. Here are his words. The hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life was a few years ago at my grandma's ashes scattering ceremony. So a year to the day after her funeral, the extended Feltshire family gathered at her favorite spot in the world, with the idea being everyone would take some of grandma's ashes and find a place to have a private moment of reflection and scatter her. Or as my dad, who was inexplicably in charge of proceedings, described it, Everyone grabs a Plassy cup and a scoop of grandma, and you can go chuck her wherever you want. Grandma's favorite spot, by the way, was a clearing atop a headland overlooking beachside cliffs. And like literally every other day ever, it was insanely windy up there. I'm talking borderline cyclonic, like you couldn't even crack open her urn without a bit of grandma escaping and flitting straight into the nearest cousin's face. A new plan was quickly hatched. We'd somehow traverse the cliff face to get down to sea level, where it would hopefully be less windy, and Dad would wade out a few meters and scatter her in the water as we'd watch. Easy. After the task of getting a couple of 50-year-old aunties in heels down a steep path, fun, we gathered in the winter sun and Dad hitched up his pants and awkwardly hobbled out into the sea. Despite the setback so far, at this point, it was looking like we'd actually salvaged the whole event, and we held each other and looked on as Dad yelled back, here we go, opening the urn to a sudden explosive gust of wind, ejecting Grandma into the air like a firework. At this point, my brothers and I are holding in laughter at the absolute scene going down in front of us, when suddenly, the unmistakable sound of a jet ski rounds the headland, and two 20-somethings come gunning straight for where Grandma is falling into the sea. They don't just churn through Grandma's ashes. They literally chuck a hard turn right in the middle of her, shooting Grandma's soup up into the air. I'm pretty sure an auntie literally clutched her pearls. My brother and I are in physical agony, trying not to laugh at this point. As dad comes ambling back to the shore to a dozen or so silent feltures trying to comprehend what just happened. Dad pauses and turns back to the sea. He puts his hands on his hips with an utterly straight face, sighs melancholically and says, well, she always loved jet skis. And that's how I ended up sprawled on the sand on a Sunday morning, clutching my sides, laughing as my dead grandma's ashes get churned out the back of a jet ski. Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the mini-cast where we spend 5 to 10 minutes discussing death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Lyella Kelly. The Felcher family isn't alone in their ash-scattering fail. Likely, you're familiar with other ash-spreading ceremonies that didn't go exactly as planned. Today, we're going to take a look at what comes after cremation. Where do the cremines go? How do they get there? Let's take a look. We'll start with the abandoned and forgotten. 
Most of us can't even imagine this being a possibility. In the United States in 2021, nearly 2 million people were cremated. The vast majority of these cremains were collected by family, but about 1% go uncollected. That means that about 20,000 sets of ashes are left in some sort of funeral home storage. Year after year, more uncollected remains are added to storage. Currently, it's estimated that 2 million urns are sitting unclaimed in funeral homes across North America. This is a problem to the funeral industry, but there isn't a clear solution. Michael Neal, a funeral director in Pennsylvania, has made efforts to address this unique problem. He's developed a central database called ForgottenAshes.com, which operates with the single purpose of bringing long-separated family members and their cremated loved ones together again. So why are people callously abandoning their friends and family? Well, it's not really so simple. As Michael Neal explains, sometimes family members who have the legal right to claim these cremated remains are unaware that they have never been picked up and assume then that they have long been buried, entombed, or scattered in a special place. In other cases, the relative could have been estranged or simply living in another state and no notice of death was given. Consider also those who fell ill in a distant location or had been institutionalized or incarcerated. So it's not necessarily callous disregard. For most, it's just life and circumstances that got in the way. What about those of us that do get the memo and we do collect our loved ones? Now here you are with an oddly heavy black or gray box. What comes next? When I was in eighth grade, my great-grandmother died after a short illness. She had given our family explicit instructions. She wanted to be cremated, and she wanted us to hold on to her cremains until my great-grandfather died and was also cremated. Then she wanted them to be buried together on the Montana homestead where my great-grandpa had grown up. So, as planned, she was cremated and her remains made the trip to Montana to stay with my family. My great-uncle delivered them. He brought the black box into our home and set it behind the couch where it stayed and stayed and stayed. Nobody was willing to touch the box until one day when I decided that Grandma needed to go downstairs. So that's where I took her. I tucked her on the shelf next to my mom's canned goods and the family board games. Eventually, my parents noticed that Grandma was missing and inquired of her whereabouts. Honestly, they seemed relieved that I had moved her and that they didn't have to. Eventually, great-grandpa also died, and the two of them, in their respective black boxes, were taken on a journey to the homestead and buried side by side. There were no ashes in the wind for my family, just two boxes nestled right next to each other in the farmland of Montana. Our family was kind of weird about it all. Nobody wanted to deal with the black boxes, let alone their contents. I know that my family is not alone in that. And in the end, it all got worked out. My grandma's wishes were honored, even if it wasn't the most romantic of ways. She was an extremely practical woman, so I don't think she would have minded. But what if your loved one wants a little more? Or maybe you want to do something special, a little unique. Good news. We live in a world full of death merchandise. If you can imagine it, there is probably a product on the market that will make it a reality. 
Ashes can become diamonds or pieces of art like sun catchers. A variety of Etsy vendors offer a memento mori option, a small little hourglass pendant that can be filled with fine ash. Do you have a love of the ocean, snorkeling, or scuba diving? York remains can become part of a reef system. A company called Eternal Reef offers the option to combine a cremation urn, ash scattering, and burial at sea into one meaningful, permanent environmental tribute to life. An environmentally safe, permanent memorial of a life well lived. Are you a person who embellishes their skin with tattoos? If so, perhaps you'd like to have ashes blended into the ink of your next design. Or maybe you've curated an old school vinyl collection. When the album that is life finally reaches its end, why not keep that record spinning for eternity? That's the question asked by a company called And Vinyly, which is a very clever name. And Vinyly offers you the option of pressing your ashes or those of a loved one into a vinyl recording. You can record a personal message, your last will and testament, your own soundtrack, or for the minimal approach, just the sound of silence, the pops and crackles of vinyl. Most of these options require only a small amount of cremains, so you can still spread ashes in more traditional ways. Some of my favorites are a bit more homegrown. Some have decorated jelly jars, dividing ashes and allowing each person to personally participate in scattering or burial if they so wish. Or, one of my clients had enjoyed years of travel with her husband. When he died a few years ago, she had part of his ashes inurned in the family plot, and the rest she has kept. She continues to travel, and so does he. She leaves some of his ashes in every new place that she visits. It's a grief ritual that she's come to look forward to. And here's another idea. If you're still trying to figure out how to have a Viking burial... Perhaps you could send ashes out on a small flaming twig raft. Just an idea. With all these options, you may think that absolutely anything goes. That's not the case. You should check to see if you need permission or a permit for spreading. Some places like South Dakota and Disney properties have rules that if violated could result in a misdemeanor offense. It's not okay to leave your loved one on It's a Small World. So check the regulations. I'm going to close today with some practical suggestions that may make your spreading occasions go a bit more smoothly than the Felt Shears family day at the beach. These pro tips come from Trey Miller Rodriguez on modernloss.com. She says, if you're releasing ash into a body of water, buy or pick fresh flowers to release in tandem. This enables you to visually follow the ash flow and makes the ceremony slightly less melancholy. Destem the flowers in advance and place them in a sealable bag with a wet paper towel. She also suggests shooting photos of the flower and ash floating on the water so relatives who aren't present can share the experience and also she can remember the exact slant of light, sunset, or bird formation unfolding at the moment. Here's the big one. And it's the one that seems to be most frequently forgotten. Stand upwind. Getting ash in your eyes or stuck to your lip gloss isn't what you want to remember about this ceremony. And speaking of sticky, ash sticks to skin. And when your hands are covered in your loved one's ashes, wiping them on your jeans might feel a tad disrespectful. If you're releasing ashes somewhere without easy access to water, 
bring a bottle of water, and dry paper towels for cleanup afterward. That is excellent advice. You can find more from Trey Rodriguez tips on modernloss.com. If you've had some memorable scattering ceremonies, have tried some of the commercial options that I mentioned, or have ideas that you want to share, you can tag me on Instagram at leavingwelldeathdoula, or you can find my contact details in the outro, which is coming up right now. Thank you for listening to the Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lyella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman Belov for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.